We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg, a savage Ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. There's a whole burst to it. 20. Side step to tackle. Runs left. 25 still on his feet. 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker. A high school quarterback. He's got a throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones needs a tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo with my co-host, my partners in crime, former LA Rams defensive back Michael Stewart and Tommy Avant. So we're here previewing the New York Giants as the Rams go into what's essentially their next playoff game. And really, it's a win. And they're pretty much in. They need a little bit of help from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then it's magic. Magic. I just want to say magic. Tommy, how you doing? It's magical, buddy. Magic. It is magical, <laughs> by the way. What's up, dudes? <laughs> how you doing, Mike? It's magical. Who's <laughs> that, Mike? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? And going into, at this point of the season... That we would be in this position. Now, I put a tweet out earlier today referencing the Senior Bowl because they were ha- they had Jim Nagy on um, this morning on Good Morning Football, so I was tuned into that. And we had quite a bit of players. I want to say off the top of my head, five that we drafted that all played and participated in the Senior Bowl week and the game, and are all contributing at this point in the season. Um, before the season started, we looked at our roster, we looked at our opponents, and things looked a little bleak. I don't think anybody thought 
the ascension was going to happen this quickly. And there are people out there that quote unquote predicted that we would win nine or 10 games and possibly go to the playoffs in the beginning of the season. I tend to call BS on that. That's more in my opinion, in the hope and faith realm. Listen, you could hope in one hand and do what in another, but when you look at it on paper, it didn't look good. Um, and here we are, here we are. And this is unreal guys. I mean, let's be honest here, right? I have a lot of thoughts about it and it it kind of brings us, I think full circle in the entire season. But before I go there, I'm going to, I want to, I want, you know, Mike hasn't talked a whole lot here. Mike tends to hide back in the shadows and listen in and then pipe up. We're not letting Mike do that in this post Christmas edition. Mike, what are your thoughts? (laughs) My thoughts are, I am in agree. It's no real pushback in, Everything, uh, again, is reminiscent of way back in the day, 1989, when we had to win the last three to get in. And then we went on the road and won the first two, lost the third one on the road. So, man, it was was a good, good time getting to the thing. So, you know, with two games left, obviously the Giants are here for the taking, no doubt about it. But I'm hoping they do take care of the business. And then go ahead and put the smack down on those 49ers, uh, just like Baltimore did. So that's that's what I'm hoping for. Did, that's did what you I say, want. For did you say game. 93? 89. Thank you. I was like, that, that wasn't 93. 93, you guys are horrible. No offense. No, 89, 89. 89. I remember 89. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, actually yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward years. to it. It looks like uh, McVeigh is going to hopefully run the ball. What do you think? Oh, I think he runs the ball. They are 30th, 30th against the run, the Giants. We are running the ball. (laughs) They better come with it. They will. Better. (laughs) They better. I'm not even at this point watching the way that both coaches are handling business. I'm fully confident that they're going to make the right decisions on game day at this point of the season. I mean, the mixture on Thursday night of run and pass and the way that they were doing it reminded me of why we all fell in love with Sean and I couldn't have been happier. So we're hitting on all cylinders other than our special teams. Um, we just have to put keep our foot on the gas and we won't need our special teams to win a game. You know, simple as that. I just want to point out one more thing here because um, we have been hard on Sean this year and he's deserved it. Uh, but one thing I think we've also talked about is this on paper. This is a really, really bad, you know, well, it's a bad football team on paper. It's a bad team. And I, I, I how do I say it? Because again, we've been hard on him. Colin Coward this week talked about it. And I'm I'm not a big Colin Coward. I thought Colin Coward when he first came out years ago was a lot better than he is now. He's kind of annoying to me now. Personal preference. Okay. But he talked about this and, and he was right. He talked about just the fantastic job that Sean McVay has done with a roster that had no business even sniffing the playoffs. 
We can complain about the X and O's all, all we want. We can complain about all the other things going on. But in the end, in terms of preparation, in terms of keeping them competitive and keeping them focused, a roster full of young guys who really have no business being where they are, he's in a phenomenal job. He's in a phenomenal job. That's to me coach of the year, at least in the conversation. I'm not saying he is, because there's a lot of there's been a lot of good jobs in the NFL this year. But he's done a phenomenal job in terms of handling his personnel, getting them prepared, and that's what that's one reason they are where they are. And kudos to him for that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So are you saying the Los Angeles Rams are not an NFL football team? No, I'm not. I'm, I, I, listen, I'm not sure. I, I can you clarify what you're trying to get to here? Because I, I, I'm well, what I'm trying to get to is we might say, hey, you know, they're playing with a lot of young guys, but that's what you get paid money for. Coach them up and draft and do all those things. It's still a football game. The bottom line is, eh, we can say, hey, man, they got a lot of young guys. But the idea that, hey, we're in the NFL, hey, we're not expected to win. You know, it's kind of like Detroit basketball right now. Monty Williams about to break the most losing record ever at 26 losses in a row. That's ridiculous for an NBA team when you got professional players. That speaks to one thing, Monty Williams. Your team is not playing. Keep giving up leads, things like that. So the thing is, when we look back on this year it wasn't so much the young guys with some of those losses it was the play calling so i will say yeah you know he's he seems to be now getting into a better groove with those guys but everyone knows if you want to try to stay in games you have to establish and stick with the run so now that we're doing it a little bit more uh, the results are predicting and showing, yeah, you're giving the other opponent less opportunity to score on you, and you're putting a little more physicality, letting your front offensive line get up into people's chest, and you know, let's go play b- bully ball, if you will. So that's that's my question. So that was my clarity: is hey, this NFL team, you're an NFL coach, you get paid the big bucks. And let's get your guys prepared. But I I think some of those losses we had early, again, had to do more with some of the play calling and the scheme and what are we doing as opposed to it was just young guys. Well, there was never a point in time in any comment that I made that I said differently. I specifically specified in terms of their game preparation, in terms of taking a roster that was we all, every single one of us had at three, four, five wins. None of us thought they would get any more than five wins. And True. so, you know, my, my, we have those very same complaints all throughout the year. You are running more. Why are you, why are you getting into the red zone and, and immediately abandoning what got you there and going straight shotgun five wide? He's driving us nuts to that for years. My only point is in terms of actually preparation, in terms of actually doing the things to get that young team, because there are plenty of other NFL coaches across the league right now, and they're proving it throughout different cities, who get those same young rosters and don't do jack with them. Meanwhile, you have a Sean McVay, who we 
who rightfully has been criticized for his in-game management throughout the year, but on the flip side of it, they're not even in those situations to begin with if he's not preparing them off the field and with the, and with the game plan coming in. That, that's the reality of it. So, yes, he should be openly criticized for that. He should be criticized for his, his mistakes on the field during game, but he also deserves praise for the job he's done in taking a 3-4-5 win roster and making something out of it. That's my only point. That's, that's what I'm saying. There, there, again, there are plenty of rosters across the league who they're not doing that. Tommy, cut in? Yeah, check it out. So if you think about it, because in the beginning, I thought it was going to be, you know, my prediction was, you know, a couple factors. Opponents, you, and when you preseason pick the schedule, you're assuming that you're playing the best 22 versus the best 22. We all know injuries happen, but you can't predict that. So you just predict starting 22 versus starting 22. So that was one factor. Another factor was, is Sean going to make boneheaded um, play calls and is Raheem going to do the same to keep us out of certain games when they're close? And then three, will the young guys let us down um, periodically throughout the season? Those three factors is how I came to the conclusion of what I thought the team would be this year. Looking back at the season now, what I'm seeing is early on, it was the coaching in-game, in-game coaching decisions that lost us quite a few games early on and made the, this team look like what we thought they were going to be. Get into the season later, there was a point somewhere in the season, and I don't know what flipped in the coaching staff, maybe it was the fact that they were starting to win some games and they're looking at the overall picture saying, man, we we can sneak into this playoff picture here. The NFC stinks. They're getting halfway through the season and they're looking at their opponents in their conference and seeing them play bad, play undisciplined and get injured. And they're like, wow. So I'm wondering if they sat down and said, hey, it kind of looks like we have a shot and they just put their best foot forward because what I'm seeing now is a coaching staff that's coaching the game the right way. And that's why we're smacking people around at this point. We're obviously, you know, a pretty healthy team right now, but it's not just that it's the combination of the talent of our young players, obviously our veterans that goes without saying, but I'm seeing the coaches make better decisions on both sides of the ball. And it's it's fun to watch. If you go back and you're like, man, if we don't make those boneheaded moves early on in the season, the Rams could be the number one seed right now. I mean, isn't that insane to think about? Those close games that we that we lost. I mean, we took it to the wire with the Niners in week two, man. That, that game... Watching that game for me, I was like, wow, I was way off. Like, they're one of the best teams in the league, and we took them to the woodshed, and we just didn't adjust in the second half. I think the only game we legitimately lost this year was the Packers, and that's because we didn't have our QB. Oh, Dallas, you know? too. Da- that- Dallas handled us pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other one. There was, Yeah, there was one, at least one more. I couldn't remember off the top of my head because, you know, 
I'm always brain farting here, and well, I have gonna, terrible I memory. Just but something out here. So I'm pointing something out because they get they go in the Packers game on November 5th. They lose that game 23. They've lost four out of five, uh, five out of seven, really six out of eight at that point. They come out of the bye. So they go in the bye. They come back. They beat Seattle again. They take out Arizona. They take out Cleveland. They give Baltimore a much better fight than the 49ers did last night. Let's be real about that. Uh, or Monday night. Um, they they handle business with Washington and they handle business with New Orleans. And to me, the New Orleans game was the most impressive one of all of them. The, the here's the thing I think happened. I think I don't think they really knew who they were. I don't think I don't think it's kind of hard for a coach in a lot of ways to to trust um, your roster do, to do the things you want if you don't know who, what kind of team you are. I think they went into that buy and figured out who they were. They, and they got their quarterback healthy. They knew they knew they were getting their running back healthy, and they came back knowing who they are. And here we go: seventeen points, thirty-seven, thirty-six, thirty-one, twenty-eight, and thirty in these six games. They've been back, and the first one, the seventeen, they didn't have Kyron back yet. They figured out who they are, and they jumped off with that. But I mean, he still. Uh, my, my my point stays the same. Even in those struggles, behind the scene, it's very clear he kept them together. They could have got ticked off, dude. When I mean, look at the Cincinnati game. Look at the Pittsburgh game. The Philly game. The way they lost those games, that team could have turned on McVay. They really could have. And he held them together. The exact opposite happened, and here they are. That's my point. Whatever he did personnel-wise, I think there's two sides to coaching. I think there's the in-game management, and then there's everything else that goes with it. The other, the other side, the, everything else that goes with it, he's great at that. It's the in-game management that makes us want to pull our hair out. That's all I'm saying. He deserves praise for the other part of it, not the in-game management. The in-game management overall needs to improve. He's been, he's been better. Of late, yeah, well, I'll definitely agree. Uh, but I want to agree with Tommy with the overall, I call it complimentary football. You know, you're playing compliment, the defense is compliment, the offense, offense complimenting special teams, special teams. We need that kicker to be making some more points, but you know, adequate. So when you're able to, in those three phases, be able to complement each other, you got a big chance of being in a lot more games than not. So I think down the stretch, he's figured out how to get the coaches to coach, himself coaching, and then the players to play. And then, as we know, you start winning, your confidence goes up. Because even when you look at some of the losses outside of that Dallas and maybe the Packers, but even the Packers, that game got lost late in about the last, what, six, seven minutes. But uh, all these other games were like, you know, kind of there to be had. So I, I will agree that with the young guys, they're figuring out now and getting a little more confidence in how to win and be a professional. So quiet uh, as kept. I mean, if they can pull this off, not if, but once they beat the Giants and go ahead and smack these Niners, 
you get in the playoffs, you may have the beginning of another run where, you know, you can expect those Rams to be in there in the thick of things for the next three or four years. What do you think? Man, I saw someone say something on on Twitter this week that gave me goosebumps. And uh, they were not a Rams fan. They were someone from the media. And they said, the Rams are giving me 07 Giants vibes right now. And I was like, oh, man. You know, because the Giants snuck in the playoffs in 07 as, you know, dead last seed. And what did they do? They ran right through the playoffs and they beat the undefeated Patriots in the Super Bowl. I mean, that was just that was when I saw that I got goosebumps. I was like, oh, man, because let's be honest. As much as we, you know, we are an objective show. We beat the team down when they deserve it, and we praise them when they deserve it. We are 100% objective on the show, and I pride ourselves in that. We don't pander, and we're not, you know, and we're not going to completely just be negative all the time. We're just going to be honest. And right now, this team is clicking on all cylinders. And outside of the Ravens, who's better than us right now? You know what I mean? You want some? Come get some. That's what I'm seeing with this team right now. They're young and they want to fight. And they are ready. They are the hottest team going into the NFL playoffs. And nobody in the NFC wants them in. They don't. Every under, every NFC team that's already in or pretty much going to get in, they're looking at the rounds like, please don't let these guys in, dude. They don't want it. Yeah, they have the most, they had the most distinguished flaw, which was the, it's just the back end of the secondary. You know, and that's something that's different from the Giants. Not to be the Debbie Downer here, okay? Um, so they're going to have to figure that flaw out. You know, they, they've managed to keep hiding that in the last few weeks, but it still burned them here and there too. The Browns game, the Ravens game, in the Saints game, it burned them some, but they still managed to get past it. How, how will they do that with, say, the 49ers? How will they do that? Because the 49ers aren't, what they looked like on Monday night. They're a better football team than that. Two, the Eagles are going to figure it out. They're, they're too good not to. They're too talented not to. So there, there is a lot, I think, a drama coming in come playoff time. And with some of these deep threats the Rams are going to face from San Francisco, from really Philadelphia, those teams especially, Dallas, a team that handled us pretty good here earlier in the year, you know, those three teams are going to be interesting to watch. Oh, and if they even get Detroit, by the way, don't forget about Detroit. Derek, let me put your mind at ease a little bit. And I, and, and, and Mike and I are secondary guys. This is, this is our milieu, bro. Um, it's when the defense is getting smoked that you need to focus on the last two games. Our DBs are giving up these deep touchdowns when we're up by three touchdowns and the game's already well in hand. They're not doing it early. They're not doing it when it matters. So if we're getting into the playoffs, I, I, I want to trust, I want to trust that they're going to put these guys in position to play the right way when they need to play the right way. They did, but I do, but I hundred percent, I do 100%. Hear your concern. They did it against Baltimore. And that game wasn't out of reach. That's what kept Baltimore in the game for that matter. Because they were they were they outplaying did. Baltimore. 
They did, and that was in that game. That was the safeties being out of position, which is a hundred percent unexcusable. I agree, but the last couple of games, I'm seeing it only being done because we're we got the game well in hand already, and that's why the final scores look closer than the the game actually was, right? Um, but a hundred percent, I agree. Our secondary is our weakness on our defense right now, and they need to play better. You know, it's not about Raheem putting them in position to play better. I'm putting it on the guys on the field because that's what I'm yeah, saying. I mean, those guys got to be able to play their technique better. That's, you know, because the thing, you know, when you think about Baltimore, you know, those guys look like maybe they were getting concerned. Like, ooh, you know, you know, Lamar wasn't really attacking the line per se. Uh, when you see a guy kind of going you know, east and west different when you see a guy attacking the line. Yeah, you may think about, man, I need to get off this guy and go go get that dude before he, you know, breaks. But uh, it just looks like a lot of times when they're getting beat like that, it's just coming down that, you know, they're just using bad technique, you know, eyes in the wrong place, mm-hmm. you know, body position and just not, you know, we call it finishing at the ball. I mean, you may be beat. The guy may even get his hands on it. But your job at that point is to strip it, pull his arms down, separate from the ball. Just don't let him catch it and go, oh, well, we'll live to play another down. You know, we had a thing with Steve Schaefer, coach of the Rams. He would say, hey, if he goes down, you go down. He goes up, you go up. He go out of bounds, you go out of bounds. So, Anything that receiver's doing, you got to mimic it and you got to do it with such force that if his hands even touch the ball, you're stripping your, you know, you're taking your hands and stripping them through, you know, coming through the middle, you know, a number of different techniques to try to make sure that ball, you know, if it is caught, he had to do maybe a one hand between the helmet under his leg type of thing, not just, you go, oh, I guess he caught it. So, I'm with Tommy and with you guys overall, you know, those kinds of things in a playoff game, that's what gets you sent home early. Yeah. Let me let me jump in there, Mike, because you triggered a thought for me. So <clears throat> what I'm seeing the DBs doing, and I'm gonna use one play in particular. I can't remember what play or who it was, but I can remember what happens. And this is why DBs and, and safeties cannot bite on the first move because the first move 99% of the time is never the move. So the fact that they're still doing it blows my mind, right? So for instance, a wide receiver first initial move on this particular play is to go inside on a slant or a post, right? And he doesn't, that's just what he's showing the DB. Now, if you're the corner, why are you biting on that when you have the outside linebacker in the or the inside in our case in the three four right and then you also have the safety right behind him so why are you biting on that when you have double help when you have no help to the outside and he bit and the wide receiver made the second move and ran uh uh post to the outside and got like an 11 or 12 yard reception because he bit on a route that he had help on. Why are you biting on the inside? Never bite on you. If you listen, if you let it, if he does go inside, let him go towards the other two guys. You come in behind and punch the ball out. You know what I mean? <laughs> and there's your turnover right there. 
point is, is don't bite on the first move. It's usually never where they're going to go. Just use your head when you're out there. Don't yeah. be so nervous. Don't be so jumpy. Right. And just, you just calm down, you know, be smart. When you're playing in the secondary, you have to be smart or you're going to get smoked. Okay. Right. I was not, I ran a four, six, dude. I was not the fastest guy out there, but I damn sure was the smartest guy in the field. And I yeah. used that to my advantage, you know, Absolutely. And I, you, you got to you know, just play the technique. I mean, in that situation, you're, you're taught, or at least I was taught is you're going to drive to the upfield shoulder. Now, if the dude decides he wants to turn up or bring it back on a corner, just by your body position, he has to run into you or you're going to run into him. Hey, they might get you on a PI, but the dude is just not going to be running wide open. So, uh, yeah, but you, you, it sounded like, you know, on that particular play, I, I missed it. Guy, as soon as he went in, he tried to jump the slant, looked at the quarterback, and the next thing you know, he loses receiving the dude is running wide open. So, Again, those are like just kind of single fundamental technique things that not just the Rams, but a lot of guys in the secondary at the college, high school and pro level. It's just they're just not playing technique. It's like they're just out there playing, you know, at the park, man. Just go guard that guy. Oh, man, we're at practice. If he beats me. So what? So I don't know. I just I, I just don't see the overall technicians that used to be. Uh, and they're relying more on like, oh, well, I got more speed or I'm bigger or the brush is going to get there. I don't know. But yeah, you can't have that in a real game else you're going to get, as you would say, smoked. Yeah, you can't. If you're so worried about getting smoked, there's a good chance you're going to get smoked, you know, (laughs) because that's what happened to Jordan Fuller when he jumped early in the game. Against yeah. Odell, against the Ravens. <laughs> He's like, dude, what are you, why are you biting on any route as a safety? Even when you're coming downhill like that, it's like, what are you doing? There ain't no one behind you, bro. You know, it's just, right. just don't, don't overthink it, dude. Just relax out there. We're good. I mean, we're talking about the playoffs here in a couple of weeks. You need to be sound in, in the little things. Like you said, the basic fundamentals. If you can tighten that up and you're good, dude, you're good to go. These guys can do it. They have it in them. I need to be, I need them. I, I know this is going to sound weird coming out. I need to be them. I need them to be less aggressive. Be smarter. DC, what's, what's the weather on Sunday? Um, typical New Yorkian weather. <laughs> it's not going to be perfect, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's typical. Nothing too hard. Nothing too harsh. Kind of wish we would have planned our, our first road trip this year. Instead for next year, we'd love to have gone. All right. There's a bunch of Ram fans that are going to this game, by the way. A lot. Good. I'm glad. I'm wondering. I wonder. I forget to ask Steve if he's going. I'm curious. He should be. Well, he's a married man now. Who so what? Make it? With the budget and bills and so on and so forth. It's expensive living in New York City, man. Yeah, I could never live over there. It's hard enough living in Los Angeles. Just the guy living in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. Mm. All right. We got to get, you know, we got to get some more from our sponsors here. So you guys know we've been dealing with with, uh, with prize picks here for a while now. And, and they're fantastic at what they do. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play 
DFS, Daily Fantasy Sports. It's just you against the numbers. So you could pick more than or less than two to six player stats. And if you're good at what you do, you can watch the winnings roll in. And now with basketball here, you can pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league. That's a league created specifically for combo projections. That includes two more players from different sports or leagues. So, for example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5-point combo with three-pointers made plus receptions. That's one thing you can do. Also, if you want to size yourself up against some of the favorite players for prize picks like rapper Meek Mill or comedian Andrew Scholes, you can go to the community plays on the promos tab of the app to view them and see what they picked. So those are all great perks, but here's the most important one, at least, at least in my opinion, because especially in a year where fantasy football is taking a hit across the board with all the injuries, well, in this daily fantasy sports things, a reboot policy is really nice to have. So Price Picks offers a reboot policy for your, your entry state in play, even if one of your players gets hurt. So football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return the second, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only DFS platform with an injury insurance policy. And if you just go online, go, go to X, Twitter, and just Google injuries or search for injuries during Sundays, you'll see people complaining, hey, you guys better X this out. You better take this out. You better take this out. Well, guess what? That's exactly what Price Picks does. So you want to be a part of it? Go on over to prizepicks.com forward slash Rams Talk. Use the code Rams Talk for our first deposit match up to $100. One more time. Go to prizepicks.com forward slash Rams Talk. Use the code. I'm telling you to say that again because I'm horrible at this today. Go to prizepicks.com forward slash Rams Talk. Use the code Rams Talk for our first deposit match up to $100. Is Prize Picks, Daily Fantasy Sports, made easy. Here's our many words for our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, guys. So, 
the actual game itself. Rams, Giants, the Giants have all kinds of problems, all kinds of issues, and yet the Giants just hung tough with the Eagles, gave them all they could handle. One thing they're really good at is creating turnovers in critical situations. I mean, they have issues across the board in terms of of pass rush or pass blocking, more like it. They have all kinds of things to worry about. Their quarterback is hurt. They now just bench their their other quarterback to bring back Tyrod Taylor. Their receivers are a mess. They just have issues across the board, yet they're young, and they don't take Sundays off. And to me, this is, if the Rams aren't perfect, aren't, are not perfect, these are not going to be perfect, aren't, aren't prepared. This is an easy trap game. Easy trap game. I don't think it's the case. They've been wired since they got out of the bye. But the Giants are dangerous. They're dangerous. So going over to Tom, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, at this point in the season and the position that we're in, you don't take anybody lightly. And by the way, you never should. I don't even like the word trap game. I don't care who you play against and I don't care what their record is. You show up every week for a fight. Okay. Um, This team likes to fight. A lot of teams do. It doesn't matter what the record is. So we better go in there and put our freaking foot on their throats, dude, because that's how we have to continue to keep winning. That's what we've been doing the last couple of weeks is putting our our foot on people's throats and getting up big on them. The final score, like we talked about, has not depicted the reality of the situation. The reality of the situation are the Rams are more prepared than a lot of teams are playing right now, and it shows. I I think we just got to continue that trend. And we should be fine. Um, the weather is going back to the weather real quick before I hand it to Mike. It looks like there's a nasty storm going on right now, and it should be cleared up by Sunday. Sunday, there's eight percent chance of rain as of right now. So it looks like it's going to be a nice, you know, the high of 46, nice cold game. Um, but the weather should be should be okay on Sunday. But yeah, I I predict us to get it done and get the W and continue to roll. Um, and fingers crossed that good old Mason Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, can uh, mirror that performance he had last week and take out the Seahawks, and we don't have to worry about Week 18 so much, even though I I don't care. Every time we play the Niners, I want to fight. So, yeah, I'd like to wrap it up this week. What do you think, Mike? I am hoping, as you say, I'm looking at the MetLife Stadium weather, 46 degrees for sure. But my concern would be the wind. But the yep. wind is only going to be at eight miles an hour. So that Ooh, should be nice. all good for us. So uh, I'm with you that, you know, obviously you got to get on a plane and go in their house. But I think, you know, of all places, the Rams have had some some good days in in, in that stadium on the East Coast. So. Uh, I would imagine these guys know what's at stake. So, you know, hopefully they're focused and ready to go as they should be. Take advantage of, you know, they're going to have to put Tyrod Taylor now. That can kind of go either way. You know, Tyrod came in there, did some things, uh, almost brought him back. Uh, he's shown that he can be a starter in this league. He keeps getting in these situations where it's rib, punctured lung by the doctors. And so 
the dude can't get a break. But nevertheless, uh, he'll be a, a, a legitimate quarterback that could get some things done. But and they got Saquon Barkley that's questionable, but questionable play. means you're playing. Yeah. So uh, I, I think it'll go down not so much to the wire. I look at us taking them uh, out 24-17 if I were to predict the score. About you, DC. I think that there's a lot in terms of what what the Rams can do there. I I've I've seen a lot of Giants I'm on the East Coast. So I see a lot of Browns. I see a lot of Steelers. I see a lot of Giants. I see a lot of Ravens, and and I see a lot of the Eagles too. By the way, the, the Giants they they surprise you. They're not a team that just that that just they're, they're not easy to predict at all. You would think they are, but they they don't have anybody playing here. That nobody would have seen them giving the Eagles a props and gave them the second half. Nobody would have seen them playing playing the way they've played in certain games this year, and yet nobody would have thought the following week after a big game they had they would roll over and get dis- dismantled by other teams they played. They're just all over the map. So it's hard to come across and say, well, I think they do this, this, and this. Here's what they do well. They do have a decent pass rush. They create a ton of turnovers, and they manage to keep games close, even in games that shouldn't be close most of the time. So if I'm the Rams, I'm going at a couple of their weaknesses. One, the running game, like you guys mentioned. They have to run the football early. They want to establish that early. I would I would be... Kyron Williams, I would, you know, Freeman, I would get all those guys in there. I get a screen game going early as well. Really get these guys running around, controlling clock, first down to first down to first down. And the pass rush, which is getting better. I, I don't know if, you, I mean, quietly, it's been very quiet. The Rams' pass rush has gotten a lot better, has it not? I think so. Yeah, yeah keeping the pressure on Tyrod Taylor, he's not the same kind of guy. DeVito, DeVito will run more, and he's not starting. But he's he uh, Tyra Taylor's a veteran. He's more patient, and he'll find guys in the field a lot better than Devito will. So a uh, Darren Waller at tight end is primed for a great game. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, the rookie out there, uh, and I think his name is Robinson. Those guys are guys to watch. But it's all going to run through Saquon. And the one thing the Rams did really well last week was bottling up Alvin Kamara. Well, that's the same kind of type of player. Although I think Saquon's a little more explosive, that they're going to be playing here with the Giants. If they can, if they can bottle up Saquon and put this game on Tyrod Taylor's arm, they win this game. If they let Saquon run around some and, and create problems, then it's it's a different situation. The Rams should still win it, but I mean, I don't I don't know about you guys. I don't I don't want to see a close game like they just have with the Eagles. I want to put him away early. Head, uh, Absolutely. Like, I, I mean, put it away early. Like getting tired of these late game dramatics from the Rams. Knock them out. Yep. Keep the foot on the throat. All right. So, so Mike, you mentioned it's going to be a win here. You know, looking at the Giants overall, what, what are your, what, what, what does have you concerned about that? Well, I think the only thing is you just noted it. Uh, if they start letting Saquon Barkley get that run going, you know, he has a way to 
get the crowd into it uh, once he's running, jumping up and, you know, hitting his chest and the things that he does and the crowd gets going. Uh, I, I agree that though I think Tyrod Taylor is, is formidable enough, I don't think that him throwing 35, 40 times is going to be a good recipe for them to win. I think they need to be balanced. Uh, but we definitely have to to man up and be ready to make them throw it uh, as opposed to al- allowing them to have a balanced attack. And I think we got to sustain the ball on offense. Uh, you know, Dable showed that, you know, he can coast to, I think, yeah, he's still coasting the defense, isn't he? Or somewhat. Uh, but I just think we, we got to, as you said, I, I agree with that. We We got to get those guys off the field keep our offense on the field. Uh, but I think this is a game that a guy like Puka it, it, it shows out. He's, he's used to playing that kind of weather. And so I, I, I say he's going to have a great game. about you, Tommy? Ready to get after it. Uh, I mean, the like Derek said, coming out of the bye, this, this is a different team from top to bottom. Players, coaches, everybody is just gelling and they're making it fun again and i'm super excited to watch football this sunday man this team is not supposed to be here and the rest of the nfl is taking notice hey these guys aren't supposed to be here they're supposed to be an irrelevant afterthought in 2023 in cap hell get rid of all these guys starting from scratch drafting 14 players come on man like this is good stuff. This and, and every morning I wake up and put on Good Morning Football, and all I hear is Kyle Brandt and Peter Schrager saying, "Please, please, 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 let the Rams play the Lions in the playoffs." Because for them and everyone in the media, that is the story that everyone wants to talk about every single day leading up to that game. This is fun, all of it. So I'm pumped. Let's just get in there Sunday, lay the smack down on these guys, like you said earlier, Mike, and move on to the next week. Let's get to Santa Clara and, and get into a fight with those dudes. Well, there, there you go. <laughs> that's pretty much it, man. That's, that's the show. That's what we got. So what are your thoughts? We don't hear a whole lot from you all. We'd love to hear from you. Give us and send us an email at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com or tweet us at talkrams. Let me hear your thoughts on how you preview this game. And we'll, we'll read them off on Sunday's show real quick. So for Tommy and the entire team, Tommy, Mike, Steve, Johnny, we're out of here. Have a great one. We're out of here. Oh, crap, guys. I forgot one more thing. I What's forgot that, one more thing. Before we, oh my gosh, my students, I don't know if I told you about this. My students did an advertising project for the principal's business class I teach. And one of them decided to do their project on Rams Talk and did a jingle for it. So today on the way out, because they challenged me, they dared me to, I'm not going to promise it's good, (laughs) but they did challenge me to play it on air. And as we head out of here, Here's the jingle. Check it out. Let me know when. Ramming it up. Talking it loud. Join the chat.
Make your dots proud. Rams Talk Podcast or Fans Unite. Every touchdown, every fight. Repping horns in blue and gold. Stories untold, memories unfold. Experts speak, fans converse. Rams Talk Podcast where passion bursts. From the turf to the studio mic, analysis sharp, insights so right. Grab your horns, let's ramble on. Rams Talk Podcast, the fandom dawn. So tune in now, don't you roam. The Rams Talk Podcast is your football home. For the love of Rams, we talk and cheer. Hit that play, let the podcast near. Rams Talk Podcast, where the fans talk is clear.